I'm doing a special edition of Warrior Wednesday on a Friday because I just could not hold on to this interview. I wanted to release it immediately. Today I have Zach Olinger. He's an expert in masculine and feminine energy, and he helps men find that beautiful balance in their own life so they can create a balanced and beautiful relationship with others. You're not going to want to miss this one. You are going to take so much away from it. But first, have you gotten registered for Building Business Habits Boot Camp? It's absolutely free. Go to the show notes and get registered. Now, let's get down to business. You're listening to The Cosmic Valkyrie. I'm your host, Lynn Louise. My Dharma is to help you through rapid recovery from past trauma. My rapid recovery method will call your voice back home so you can reconnect with your inner wisdom and trust, moving you from observer to creator and manifesting the life that you've always desired. I combined ancient healing and wisdom with subconscious reprogramming to help you ascend and align with your higher purpose. You will integrate with your cosmic consciousness to create the expansion and success you came to Earth to experience. I'm honored you're here. Before we get started, let me state my standard disclaimer that all the answers on this podcast and in general are for informational and educational purposes only and in no way a substitute for individual medical or mental health advice. Welcome back to another Warrior Wednesday. Today I have Zach Olinger. You ever wonder about masculine and feminine energy? He's going to teach you more about it when it comes to relationships. He's charismatic. He has gone through his own journey. And today he's going to share a little bit about his story and how he helps men step into their masculine energy and find that balance. So Zach, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and who you serve. Thanks, Lynn. I appreciate you having me on. My background was in IT, but I've just totally transitioned into teaching um, masculine and feminine energy. And I want to work with men in the context of their relationships, because I feel like there's a lot of unnecessary conflict that arises from just a simple lack of awareness of how these energies work and within all of us. You know, we all have a masculine feminine, you know, dynamic inside of each of us. And so that's what I'm looking to teach and the audience that I'm looking to serve and basically the why, you know, because I think everyone deserves and wants, desires a higher quality (laughs) of life within their relationships. I think we all deserve that. I completely agree. And we all came to earth to experience relationships in all sorts, but it's nicer when you have that connection with the significant other that you choose. This goes both ways. I know from my previous experiences in life that I had to find my own balance in masculine and feminine energy. I imagine you have a story around how you came into this work that is around your own experiences in this life. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. For sure. So yeah, I was... uh... I went through a divorce in 2014, and after that, there were times I would try to enter into other intimate relationships, and I've always gotten along great with women, so becoming friends was super easy. Escalating it to the next level was always a challenge, and through that process of different attempts, I gradually became aware of my own 
internal energy as I was approaching women. I realized that I had this kind of clinginess or desperation energy within myself. It took some time for me to become aware of that, and the women would never really be able to tell me what it was. So that caused frustration within me. So that was definitely a pain point. And then as I became aware that I had this energy, I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't know where it was coming from. And so it was actually last year when I had my aha moment where I had this breakthrough that I had this story from when I was a kid. And my mom told me as a child, she wasn't being you know, malicious about it. She was just telling me where she was at in her own life about how when she found out that she was pregnant with me, it just wasn't the news that she wanted to have. I just took that story and I made it to mean that my mom just didn't want me, you know, and I didn't know I was doing that. So once I became aware of that story, it explained everything on how I approached women my entire life in an intimate relationship. And I was like, holy shit. And once I became aware of that, like it just shifted immediately. Once I released that story, my approach totally changed. And it's there's a whole other story about how stuff unfolded after that. But that's yeah, that's we'll go ahead from. and we'll yeah. go ahead and get dirty with this. So <laughs> I love that you bring up that there was a story that was developed during a very early age, mm -hmm. because that's when most of them happen, men and women. And a lot of the women that I work with are strong, independent, free-thinking women that have experienced trauma. And a lot of them, as we know in our culture, we live in a rape culture, so a lot of it has been sexual assault, molestation, things that involve our body. I personally had to go through my own journey of recognizing my wounded masculine energy. That is where I was living from. So when I would attract other people to me, they were normally operating in wounded feminine. And we would have this battle because I would want them to buck up and they would want me to be more sensitive to their needs. And it was a continual struggle. But I want to dive into when it comes to men. Let's talk about the masculine and feminine energies when it comes to showing up in a man's life. Yeah. One of the interesting things through my development over, over the last year is just recognizing that type of dynamic inside of myself and what it really means to work with the masculine energy, just to identify the characteristics and to understand how they're expressed in pretty much every moment of our life through everything, just seeing like this dynamic in literally everything. And so just observing it within myself. So just the confidence that I gained after learning that story and realizing what that power was inside of me and how to work with that and what it just really meant to represent a masculine energy that wasn't wounded, right? And like what the feminine would actually respond to and that it's not a it's not a game of manipulation it's just strictly how these energies work like it's literally how they respond to each other i found that absolutely fascinating so as i began to learn more about that and just actually step into that and start to like like i don't want to say use or play but engage those energies i think is probably the best way to say it and just to see how that worked and the responses i got and i was like Ooh, this is, <laughs> this is really, really interesting. So as far as what that looked like was just, it, it was really about the presence that I would have and the stillness, what it meant to be very present with a woman and conscious and observing the expression of the feminine and allowing that to happen 
without taking any of it personal, just allowing the woman to be seen and heard and to be very present with that. And just for me as a man to be still and to create the container for that unfurling of the feminine expression. So that was like one of my very first things that I started to encounter and work with. Yeah. I heard this saying once, and I really love the imagery of it because it made so much sense to me that the masculine energy is the rock and the wave that hits upon it is the feminine energy. And as human beings, our ultimate goal is to find that beautiful balance between the two. So women have to find that masculine energy too. And I love that you bring up how it's represented in a relationship because we all have to be compassionate, active listeners and observers, and then participants in it. And so often when we're working and operating from those wounds, those sore spots, we're so involved in our own thoughts and our own self-doubt, self-worth, all of that shit that we carry around, that we can't even hear what the person across the table from us is saying. What I'm hearing from you is that healing was primary for you to be able to really step into your knowing and be able to quiet yourself in order to fully sit and be part of a partnership. Absolutely. Yeah, 100% for sure. Yeah. I, I want to dive into this because recently this has been coming up in my coaching programs. We've been talking a lot about the savior complex and how as women were raised to rely on men, our dads, our parents, our husbands, our boyfriends, our girlfriends, whoever it is, were raised that. If anything goes wrong, at least we'll have them. I would love to hear a male perspective on that scenario, because I imagine you're raised the other way. You're going to be the savior. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's definitely, I think, um, in our culture and the way that we're modeled, what I would call the standard male response is to want to fix things, right? It's just kind of like what we want to do. We see some type of problem or what we perceive to be a problem, uh, and we want to come up with a solution, right? And I think I think all of us in any type of relationship have definitely experienced that where from the feminine side, they'll want to express something and they don't want it to be fixed, but the man's like, shit, that's a problem, and they want to come up with a solution which just further frustrates and compounds the issue because woman's like that's not what I even asked for you know like so the man's not understanding that the woman just wants to be seen and heard and and have the container to express herself and the feminine receiving that masculine response of like hey I just want to fix this she's like I'm not fucking broken like I don't need anything <laughs> to be fixed you know like so that's just that part of that awareness of understanding what's going on and how to like really work with it so yeah, I think most of us, just from what we're modeled in our culture, most of our families and things are bringing, most of us as men are taught to just be saviors in a sense, like, you know, be the knight in shining armor, saving the damsel in distress and that kind of a thing. That's got a time and a place, but it is certainly not most of the time or most of the place, you know what I mean? So. I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. Now, this brings up an interesting question for me. We have feminine and masculine energy, and we know that that is not directly related to being a woman or a man. So we both contain this feminine and masculine energy, society, the world teaches us things that throw that off balance. As a wounded masculine energy, I refuse to show my emotions because I was taught in society, people don't want to see that. That's silly. Don't get mad. Buck up. Stop crying. So I know that men are taught the same thing. 
in your journey in healing, have you been able to step in and feel the field, so to speak? Yeah. So me as a, a man, as an individual, have my my own experience through life, I think has been a little bit contrary to most men's because I've always been very in touch with my feminine side. In my marriage, I used to joke and say, I'm probably the closest I could be into like a homosexual relationship and a heterosexual relationship because my ex-wife was so fucking masculine and I was so fucking feminine. I think that's why I get along really well with women is that I'm just really in touch with that intuitive, feminine, flowing just being side and like my masculine doing like you know that kind of side is just now starting to get much deeper in touch with that so in that regard feeling the feels allowing myself to cry allowing myself to feel my emotions like being in touch with those that has never ever ever been a question or a problem for me in my household growing up it was never shunned i was never told to like stop crying or to like be a man or any of that stuff it was never derogatory or harsh so i'm very grateful for that but yeah just to answer that particular question my experience i think has probably been very contrary to what most men have experienced or what they have allowed themselves to experience in that regard yeah Ooh, the money word allowed mm-hmm we know we cannot change or control the other person. And so our personal healing is so important in this. When we're starting to dive into the masculine and feminine energies, because I too believe this is a vital part of our evolution and our expansion is to really understand energy. What would be a resource that you found really valuable when you started diving into the masculine energy I know that you have your podcast, so we'll mention that again at the end, but did you have a favorite book or anything like that that you read? I do actually have a favorite book that I'm in love with right now, and I'm sure there's others that I just haven't gotten into yet. I've got a whole Amazon wish list of new books that I'm going to expand into. What has really brought a lot of this into my awareness into practically speaking. And I know <laughs> men and women will both appreciate that. What's the practical side of this? So the author is David Data and the book is The Way of the Superior Man. And I started actually listening to that audiobook last October in 2020. And I'll admit when I started listening to it, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to, I don't know. It just wasn't landing for me at the time, right? So like I actually stopped listening to it because it was – as a man, there was just some things in there where I just found it slightly alienating. And also being very in tune with my feminine side, there was just some things where I was like, I don't know if I would word it that way or necessarily like, I don't know. There was just some things that weren't quite lining up with me. Then at the beginning of this year, I was driving down to Texas and I'm like, I'm going to give this book another shot. And I listened to it straight through and I was like, this is gold. And I drove back to Kansas City and listened to it again. And I'm like, this is gold. So then I bought the physical book. And now I'm like highlighting it and underlining stuff. So I would say, practically speaking, one of the best resources I've personally ran into so far is David Data's The Way of the Superior Man. It's brilliant work. Yeah. I love that you bring that up because when my husband joined me on this journey of expansion, we knew a couple that were very much into masculine and feminine energy and they had suggested the book and I'm going to tell my audience you cannot buy a book and expect somebody to read it but you can suggest and if they want it you can purchase it for them or have them purchase it but I asked my husband is this something that you would want to read and he read it it literally changed his approach and his energy within our relationship On the flip side, there's a book called 
pussy, which deals a lot about women taking back their own body where we've been like separated from it due to our experiences in life and learning to love our pussy again. Not our vagina, not our labia. It's absolutely eye-opening. And so my husband read The Way of the Superior Man while I was reading that. And then he took and read that and was like, oh, shit, this like opens up a whole new aspect to life. It's really important if you're in a heterosexual relationship to understand where the opposite sex is coming from. But also, if you're in a same-sex relationship, we all contain different individualized levels of wounds and energy. Yeah. So, so now that you're showing up in your relationships differently, how is that representing? How is that playing out now? <laughs> to me, it's a very fascinating and just huge story for me. In the relationship that I'm in now, the partner that I have now, this kind of work is literally how it started. It served so, so well. It's like the bedrock of the whole thing because we are both coming from that space. The thing that my partner and I really love about our relationship is what we just call the container, you know, and we couldn't have that container without this awareness of how these energies work and how they're expressed and how, you know, you know, we both mentioned about how we both have these energies inside of us. So I show up mainly as my masculine self to provide that container for my partner to express herself and, and allow that for that to happen. On the flip side, though, there have been times when my feminine energy has needed to express itself and she has had to show up in her masculine to provide me the container and this just happened very recently and the way we both witnessed that both commented on how that particular example and exchange between us was like very beautiful actually very healing too to allow that to have happened and just because i didn't really know it was happening as it was happening it was only post fact where we both observed and reflected on it and we were like damn that was really fucking cool <laughs> like, i love you know? it yeah. i love it and it's really important for people to know that while you're going through this process and you're learning how to move with the energies and flow instead of resist that there are going to be times where there's uncomfortable moments or that you're reactive instead of responsive. This is a process. Mm -hmm. But once you really open up and evolve and are able to like flow through that and, and understand that the past doesn't exist, we're only operating from now and that you're not operating from judgment of yourself or others, it just opens and it becomes really easy. Yeah. That's such a beautiful imagery too, because most of this all starts with that fear of judgment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the one of the key pieces that I found too, and I I, I found it very interesting because I remember specifically back in like 2017, I was talking to a woman that I wanted to have an intimate relationship with, and I was like, I can't think of anything more intimate than just my partner to allow me to be myself and me allowing her to be herself and just working through whatever that shit that comes up and, and not judging it just this amazing space for us to just be you know and like seeing each other in that and just knowing that whatever's being expressed is not our true self like it's just 
what's coming up and like what's going on, right? It was something that we need to heal or something that we need to process, something that needs to be expressed. And I never actually thought, even though I had that idea, I felt like it was an ideal. I was like, oh, this is like fairy tale land. I didn't think it could actually exist. And so when I ran into it with my current partner, I was like, holy shit. And this is like, like I said, I can't think of anything more intimate than allowing and sharing that space because it, it transcends sex. It transcends everything. It goes directly to our core and just our being. That touches every other piece of the relationship. You will have more intimate sex that way because now you're actually interacting with and seeing that person as they are. Like, you know, you're allowing that to just be and not judging it. Like you said, there's no cruft around it, any expectations or, or any of society's bullshit around it. Yeah. You're working with the person at their essence yeah yeah it is beautiful we get so caught up in the sex side of relationships that we lose the true intimacy sometimes especially when we're operating from wounds mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i would say that the healing part is for sure very important and i always found it interesting like is you know as we go through like self-development programs where if one partner is doing it and the other is not i think that um I have a hard time, and maybe this is total story, but I have a hard time seeing how that necessarily works out unless the other partner is open to growing as well. That mutual growth is is kind of a, a key component because if one or the other is doing it, the other is not, there's usually that schism grows. Sometimes it may like close the gap. I don't know. I've witnessed more times, I think, than not that it, that it probably grows. Yeah. I was on this journey about three or four years, and my husband was still back in Struggleville, as I call it, like raised in a Southern Baptist church, very conflicted and always struggling. And I would have a couple of conversations with him throughout those few years. You need to start expanding. You need to start looking for mentors, whatever. And it came to a come to Jesus moment for him where I finally had to sit there and as heartbreaking and hard as it was, because I knew this is the man I wanted to spend the rest of my life with, say to him, if you don't shit or get off the pot, our relationship is not going to make it and I'm going to have to leave you. And that was his moment. And there's going to be that moment. Either you just vibrate out of their existence or you're going to say, if you're not coming along with me, it's not going to work. And they get to make that decision. I understand where you're coming from because a lot of the times they would rather not come along because it's scary. It's out of their comfort zone. They would rather go through a very uncomfortable breakup or divorce than even embark on bettering themselves. Yeah. There's so much that comes up for me when, when you speak to that piece. So the first thing that came up. And I just love this saying because it exemplifies like the standard way of looking at things, right? So there's this saying that I like that says that women marry men in the hopes that they'll change, but they don't. And that men marry women in the hopes that they won't change, but they do. And it just exemplifies that kind of nature of the masculine and feminine, right? Like the masculine is usually very static and that's it. You know, like I, here's, here I am and I'm not changing. And then the feminine's like very flowing and like dynamic and like always changing, right? But the man looks like in the very beginning of the relationship, it's like, this is the woman I love. This is the woman I met. And then like the woman starts to change. Like, what the fuck is going on? Like, why is this happening? And then like the woman's like, this is the man I met. And I hope to God he changes, right? <laughs> like, and he never, and he never does. And she's like, what the fuck is going on? So um, what, what like snowballs into that, both sides or both people in the partnership deciding evolve or grow totally plays into my partnership where I'm at right now, because the 
what's interesting is that, and I don't know if this will be triggering to some people in your audience or not, but the, my partner is currently married. And so she had an affair with me. And I know how some people might view that. Like there's definitely the logical part. We don't of, like, judge on this yeah. podcast. Who so, said that monogamy is supposed to be? Exactly that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely, I'm, I'm, I appreciate that because I definitely have a, what I would call an unorthodox view of relationships, you know, outside of our standard, what we've been modeled for a long time, right? So just how that has played into our story and like, because I've been on my own self-development and she's been on hers and then you've got her husband who is aware and not necessarily like opposed to it, but just not on the same track, like so to speak, right? And then there was a flip side on my side when I, when I was married, I was growing and my ex-wife was not again. So like I've perhaps being more in touch with my feminine growing and being flow and, and all of that. And my ex-wife being more masculine and being very static and this is how I am and I'm not changing, you know, that kind of a thing. So it's interesting interesting the mirror that's appeared but um but yeah that there was a lot that came up for me when you spoke into that about yeah yeah about the I mean that's the that's the reality a lot of my audience see a crossroads coming up right Mm -hmm. when you are healing when you're growing when you're expanding when you want change and you know you have to change but also it comes along with that well what's going to happen to my marriage what's going to happen to my relationships Mm -hmm. and my answer is always, it will play out the way it needs to play out. The most important thing is putting you as a priority and continuing your journey. Yeah. Because as you heal, grow, and evolve, those things aren't as heavy and they don't weigh on you as much. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that it's not sad or you're not going to go through a tumultuous time, but you see the bigger picture and the way it plays out. Yeah. And where you fit into this and the lessons that you're supposed to learn. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so excited that you've been on this, and I bet we're going to have another interview with you in 2021. But where can my audience find your podcast? Yeah, no, thanks for that. Uh, So I'm with this particular podcast called The Real Zach Olinger. So it's published through Anchor. uh, So it's available on all all the platforms that Anchor um, distributes to. I will put a link to that in the show notes. Thank you so much for showing up for us. I appreciate it. Thanks, Lynn. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. If you love helping others, then please share this via social media with your friends and family. If you found value in it, they will too. Also, if you have questions, I'm here for you. You can email questions to thecosmicvalkyrie at gmail.com. I may even use one of your questions for future podcast episodes. And finally, I do have a personal request. I believe that we're all here to help each other heal, grow, and evolve. So if you would please leave a nice review on iTunes, I would be forever grateful and together we could transform more lives.